Welcome to the Mom Docs Podcast. We are three chiropractors on a mission to empower moms to intentionally choose health for their kids and their families, to provide core principles to raise their families holistically, and to help parents take an active role in their family's health. Our goal is to provide families a philosophical approach to healthcare that steps away from the conventional model and supports true healing. And on this episode, we are talking about a very timely, hot topic, which is coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, in our family, we call it the virus. Um, we also call it the, um, well, I'll save some of my other words that my ch children use for it. But this our house is called the Rona. The Rona, yes. <laughs> um, but it's a topic that, it's something that came to our attention back February, March, and something that I am still surprised that we're talking about today, but we felt it was important to bring this topic back up to support our listeners in how to take control and how to feel confident in the decisions that they're making. But certainly if you turn on the news right now or listen to the radio or really pull up any social media outlet, um, we're back to the scene of numbers are on the rise and um, cases are increasing and America is doing worse than other countries. Um, and it's interesting how the goalpost keeps moving when it comes to COVID. Like we don't want to overwhelm the hospitals and that's why we have to make take all of these draconian measures. Um, we're, we don't know the death rate yet and we don't know how severe the virus is. So that's why we why we can justify these measures. And here we are today knowing so much more about it. And it's not to say that it's not a real thing. It's not to say that people don't die of it, but we're learning that it has a very low, uh, uh, proportionally low, relatively speaking, a low death rate. And while numbers are uh, quote unquote on the rise, which I was just on the CDC website and it looks like, you know, we, we are actually now on the decline from um, peaking a few weeks ago, but we have more testing and more people are aware of it and more people are accessing the testing. So just because numbers are on the rise doesn't to me necessarily warrant a new level of hysteria and schools shutting down and all the things that are, are, are taking place. Our approach though with this as holistic healthcare practitioners is really to focus on what we can control and not to uh, teach our children and our communities to be indoctrinated with a fear of germs and viruses and bacteria. And a really important equation that we want our listeners to understand is that when you look at the outcome of encountering a germ or virus or bacteria, we'll just say germ for today, when you look at the outcome of that, whether you end up sick or in a hospital or even die from it, it's not germ equals disease or germ equals outcome. The equation is really germ plus the host equals the outcome, which is why Two people can sit next to each other, eat the same food, drink the same water, do all of the same things. And one person can get sick and another person can't. And it's really that that is evidence of the fact that it's not about the the, the um, germ itself, but more about the um, health of the host and predicting outcomes. So our goal is really how do we empower you to strengthen the host? And I feel like, you know, Dr. Sarah right there, like, that's the number one reason why I know in all of our homes, we've never been fearful of what's going on. And that's the empowering part is because we truly get and understand that it's not just your exposure to a germ equals your outcome. It is the health of the host that makes a huge, huge difference. And, you know, that's what we equip people with in our clinics, you know, every single day is how can you be building the health of your host? And one thing, when you look at America, even compared to any other country, 
Like we have the most comorbidities compared to other countries. Like we have more underlying health issues, which warrants us to be more afraid, but also which warrants um, just the importance of what we're talking about today. And that like, we have got to figure out how to get healthier and equip ourselves and equip our kids to um, just build healthier hosts. And then the amazing part about that is the fear goes away because we can control that part of the equation. Yeah, that's huge because I feel like what we've, the three of us have done in practice over the last 10 years is really just equipping people to, you know, take control of their health. Um, and in doing so, a lot of these underlying conditions, you know, that are affecting people with COVID, a lot of these underlying conditions are totally lifestyle induced. Um, you know, we talk about cardiovascular disease, um, diabetes. These are the things that tend to make COVID more severe. And I've had more people reaching out to me in the last, you know, six or seven months asking me, you know, what is the difference between these people that get severe COVID and the people that get, that are totally asymptomatic and never even realize that they're sick? You know, there is a, a huge just continuum of, you know, a, a spectrum of where people fall if they get this virus. And it really has everything to do with how they've been taking care of their bodies. And so that's what I love about, you know, just doing this podcast with you guys is that I know that you're equipping and empowering your patients to have stronger immune systems um, just because of, you know, the healthy lifestyle that we teach. So it's, it, this is awesome. But at the same time, we've got a lot of work to do. Like we, our mission over the last 10 years has really been to reach as many people as we can to get them to be healthier so that when they do face a virus or this virus, you know, their bodies are going to, are going to be okay. And that's where as much of as this COVID-19 hysteria has been frustrating, like a, a bit frustrating to us that live on the other end of the paradigm, like about empowerment and about vitalism and not about fear and sickness and disease, as much as it's been frustrating, I feel like it's been a blessing in many ways that maybe this is an eye-opening experience for our communities to really understand mm -hmm. that we have a say in our health outcomes. And perhaps this is exposure to the failure of our lifestyles up to this point and the failure of our healthcare system to truly get us healthy and well. And perhaps now we can reach more families, more moms, and affect more people because of this coronavirus. So we want to focus today on the host and we have three tips that we wanna give you on improving the host, because we really do believe the host is a big part of this equation. And that's where we want to shift our attention is how can we improve the host environment? So if and when we do encounter any virus or bacteria, we know that we're equipped to deal with it. And we're gonna start at the most obvious place, which is in your kitchen and start with nutrition. So let's talk through some tips to boost the immune system through our food choices. So tip number one, when it comes to nutrition is to avoid sugar. And we all intuitively know that sugar is bad for us, but particularly when it comes to sugar's effect on the immune system, this is a really big deal. And in our country where the average sugar consumption in America, it's insane. The average American consumes 152 pounds of sugar per year, which averages out to about three pounds of sugar per week. So really it's an epidemic of sugar and the effect that sugar has on the immune system and particularly how it feeds viruses and bacteria. This is a big one. If you've never gotten serious before about getting sugar out of your diet and your children's diet, this is really a, a part of the of this show that we'd really like you to focus in on and take seriously and really start making some changes on reducing the amount of sugar in your diet today. 
Yes, that's huge. And as you said, a three pounds a week, like imagine going to the grocery <laughs> store. I just had this picture in my mind, like imagine going to the grocery store and buying a three pound bag of sugar to feed every single, like one individual pound, three pound bag of sugar for every single person in your family and feeding that to them every single week. This is what I think is hard about sugar is like most people don't even realize that they're consuming that much. Like when people think about sugar, we think about drinking soda or eating cookies and candy bars. But I think the big the big thing with sugar is it comes in hidden sources that that people just aren't aware of. You know, I was just thinking about this with kids as they're back in school and, you know, packing packing school lunches or just thinking about a, a, a average Americans like kids diet, it often starts with cereal in the morning, which is filled with, um, you know, it's, it's so many processed foods, hidden comes, sugar comes in hidden forms in processed foods. So like you take, uh, you know, cereal, for example, it's basically enriched refined grains that break down into sugar, and then it's loaded with added sugars, or even something like yogurt sounds like a healthier option. But if you're buying flavored yogurt, this, you know, plain yogurt has like, you know, maybe six grams of natural sugar, if it's flavored, even vanilla, it shoots up to like 25 to 26 grams of sugar a day. And I know the World Health Organization says that you should have like women, it should be 20 to 25 grams of sugar a day, men, it's 25 to 30 grams of sugar. So if you're having a, a flavored yogurt for breakfast, like you're already over your allotted amount for the day, which I think is, um, is you know, just a blind blind thought, you know, for a lot of people, um, even like the, the prepackaged cups of fruit, you know, so peaches or grapefruit in a cup, it's processed still. And what that means is if you actually flip it over and read the ingredients inside, there is not just the sugar from the grapefruit. It's sitting in high fructose corn syrup, you know, so I think it's a, an area that we definitely have to start paying more attention to and keeping track of like, what are the sources of sugar that we're consuming um, for us and our kids throughout the day. And I think too, it's hard because marketing really plays on parents. Like if they see words like hot words, like organic, mm -hmm on a label or gluten-free um, or all natural. I think moms just kind of assume that that, and this, like I've fallen victim to this too. It's like, oh, well this must must be okay because it's organic and it's gluten-free. And then the big, the big issue is that when you turn that label over, um, sugar is like the first ingredient, you know, it might be organic sugar, but it's still sugar. And the problem with it is that it's not just this idea of, oh, sugar is bad for you and it'll affect your immune system. We really want you to understand that sugar has studied physiological effects. It decreases your immune system. There's research out there that shows that the effectiveness of white blood cells, which are our immune fighting cells, is decreased up to 50% after one to two hours of eating sugar. And this is research that came out in April of this year. So it really does have an actual physiological effect on you. They have shown that viruses and bacteria use sugar as a fuel source to replicate. So when we start seeing sugar as more than just, oh, that's something that I know I shouldn't eat to wow, this is a, a substance that is feeding the viruses and bacteria in my body and suppressing the effect of my white blood cells, which is my immune system, then we can really start to flip the why behind its the um, importance and the urgency of getting sugar out of our diets. Another big area when it comes to nutrition to start a, uh, changing when it comes to boosting our immune system through the food choices that we make is avoiding food toxins and specifically 
artificial dyes and sweeteners, fake foods that lead to inflammation preservatives. They really do have an effect on how our body deals and heals with viruses and bacteria. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on the additives and preservatives in our food supply right now and how we can work to minimize it. Yeah, I mean, right away, something for us, um, you know, I've taught my kids like, you know, the bright neon colors, you know, like you look at a, a you know, bright neon yellow, you know, Gatorade that they walk by in the grocery store and, and immediately like a kid is like, that looks fun. That looks, you know, cool. Um, but that, you know, that that neon yellow, like we've never seen that flow on the streams of the earth, right? Like it's a man-made thing. So like, we're not putting that in our bodies, you know? So um, another thing is, you know, when we're shopping, we will, my kids are starting to learn how to read, you know? So you flip over a lot of those things and our rules, like if you can't, if you can't read it, you can't eat it. You know, a lot of the chemicals and preservatives inside these things, they cause damage to ourselves. You know, a lot of artificial dyes, they're studying them and the effects that they actually have on brain functioning kids in connection with focus problems and behavioral issues, their neurotoxins. So that's another reason to be trying to eliminate those just artificial processed foods. And something that happens when your body, like getting back to we eat to give our body the nutrients it needs to function, when we're filling our body with fake foods or chemicals uh, and processed things, your body has to work harder to process them. And your body actually has to work on healing from them. And that alone, like increased inflammation from sugar and, and chemicals in our diet, that sidetracks the immune system. Like you're, it's affecting the health of your gut and the a lot of your immune system cells actually originate from a health, like from, with your microbiome in your gut. I think anytime the body has to work harder to detoxify from things that we eat in our food, um, it is. It's borrowing energy from the immune system, from other systems in the body, from brain function. Um, and one of the, the big tests that you can do as a parent that I found is like after a birthday party, you know, like my kids, we, we go to birthday parties. I give them, you know, as much as I can in terms of education about what they should eat and what they shouldn't eat. But the thing, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes they go for that bright blue cu cupcake and <laughs> inevitably like they will have melt more meltdowns afterwards. They will be cranky and I'll stop them and I'll say, listen, do you, do you see how you feel right now? Um, you still have like a little bit of, um, you know, frost, dried frosting above your lip. I know you ate that cupcake, but do you see how you're feeling right now and how you're behaving? Like, can you see how those toxins can, can make you feel this way? Because this isn't how you normally feel or act. And they're like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, that, that does have an effect on my health. And, you know, sometimes they do get sick a few days later. They'll, you know, develop a cold or a runny nose. And they're like, oh, mom, it was that cupcake. <laughs> like, okay, we're getting you to like connect the dots here. Um, so that's super wise parenting, Erin. Like, honestly, that's really good. I haven't thought to do that with my children. I've made that connection with myself and probably a lot of our moms could, could work to make that connection. Wow. When I do have 14 cups of coffee in the morning, I do feel like crap later on eventually, you know, like, so I think that's really wise to start ingraining that in our children. And it's not to say that they're bad for doing it. It's just to help them create a connection and an awareness so then they can use that awareness and that education to make better choices down the road. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about some specific immune boosting foods. So we told them you can't eat sugar, you can't eat anything with artificial dyes and preservatives. When you walk through the grocery store now, you've knocked out 
you know? So what are some immune boosting foods for our listeners that they could be eating right now to enhance their immune systems? So I think um, with COVID, like it's allowed these conversations to kind of flourish in our house. And we actually before, well, I guess it was in the middle of COVID in the spring, um, we actually built some planter boxes to actually have, you know, a garden um, and we were growing our own vegetables for the very first time. You know, we've always done like organic. We try to do local like farmer's market, but I really wanted my kids to have more of a connection to their food. And so what we've done is really just trying to pick these like super organic vegetables right from, you know, the stem. And I've explained, you know, this is when you eat this carrot that you just picked out of the planter box, you know, it has the, the highest nutrient density that it could ever have. And so really just getting them to understand, like, you know, picked from the source, organic, no chemicals, you know, we've given it a lot of love and fertilizer and all the things that it needs, the natural fertilizers. Um, and we're just eating a lot more leafy greens. Um, we're trying to do that with every single meal. Um, because those are just super nutrient dense and really going to just help nourish the, the immune system. And then, you know, beyond just like eliminating those things that really suppress the immune system, just making sure that we're hydrated, we're swapping out any other like fruit juices or drinks that we may have, you know, been consuming at one point and just drinking water, maybe with like lemon, lemon juice, you know, squeezed into it. Um, fresh lemon juice. So those are some of the things we're doing. Obviously, like we've been eating pretty healthy for the most parts, you know, for most of their lives. Um, but I think more it's just them understanding the connection between what they're putting in their bodies and wh what effect it's having on their immune system. So just staying close to the source, organic, nutrient dense foods for us. I think that's awesome. And something that I think could be like a good action step or takeaway, like for the listeners today is maybe just like starting with breakfast, you know, like the first meal of the day that they likely have the most control over for their entire family before, you know, parents are off to work and kids are off to school, like really knowing I feel so much better when I know that my kids got like a great nutrient dense breakfast to get their bodies started off on the right foot, you know, right away in the morning. And our go-to for breakfast is, is making a smoothie because I feel like it's the easiest way to get um, the kids involved in helping make it. And it's one of the easiest ways to get them to basically eat a salad for breakfast, even if they don't like salad, you know? So something real quick that we do is like, we'll use, you know, unsweetened almond milk, or coconut water, and then we'll put in a big handful of spinach. And I have three kids that sit at the island and everyone has their station and what they get to put in. And there's something about if they get to help make it, they like to drink it, they'll drink it easier, you know, so we we'll put in um, a big handful of spinach, we'll put in some frozen berries, and like low glycemic fruit. We'll also, I will put a half, like a half of an avocado to get some good fat in there, some, some healthy, like grass fed protein powder. So they're getting good fats. They're getting good vegetables. They're getting, um, you know, antioxidants in their fruit. There's vitamin C in berries. There's vitamin C, um, and, and great nutrients, um, in spinach, you know, or leafy greens. And then sometimes we'll put a, a banana in there for a little, a little extra sweetener and um, blend that up and everybody gets that in their cup. And if they start their day with that, like, you know, things are, are way better off on the right foot. Yeah, I think for listeners, just even Googling, like we have the world at our fingertips. So Googling foods that are rich in vitamin C, 
foods that are high in glutathione. That's really important because it's a cellular antioxidant. So just Googling, hey, what are ways that I can nourish myself through the foods that I eat or specific vitamins that I'm looking for? And it's so simple, like get that list, print it out, put it on your refrigerator and have it be visual for you and your family to see, hey, these are foods that can really nourish my cells right now and support my immune system. So action item number two, so we've discussed nutrition. Let's talk about the importance of outside movement time to boost and improve our immune systems. And we, when we talk about outside movement time, we're talking about getting outdoors. And if you really can't because you live in right now, most of the country, there's no excuse for not getting outside. Um, but say even when winter time comes, the role and the importance of really getting adequate blood flow, getting your heart rate moving so you're fully oxygenating your, your tissues and circulating your immune cells throughout your whole body and specifically to COVID because when you look at where COVID cases can be real severe, it's, it's an oxygenation is, issue. And that's a very simple thing that we can all work to improve every day through the ease and simplicity of getting physical activity done outdoors. Yeah. Um, I think this is huge because you look at most people, if you're, if you have a job, like if you're working, you're sitting at a desk most of the day and a lot of kids are on more technology, you know, today than ever before. So the importance of movement, you know, a lot of people I think think exercise is so that you look good, right? That you look good and and feel good. Um, but there's so much more to it than that. And, I like to compare, like, think about your body, like think about a stagnant pond versus a flowing stream. Like it's the perfect example. If you think about a stagnant pond, it starts to grow algae, it turns green. There's no, like, there's no flow, right? So things grow. And if you compare that to a flowing stream, there's circulation, there's new nutrients, there's toxins that are being taken out, there's nutrients that are coming in, there's a constant flow. And that's really what we want um, with our bodies. Like we want increased circulation that's going to take the toxins away from your cells, bring them fresh, fresh oxygen in that sense. In that, um, so when you exercise, it increases your circulation that increases the circulation of your immune system cells so that actually can get into contact with the, the pathogens, the bacteria, the virus so that they can flush them out. And so any form of movement and exercise is really crucial to just our overall health. Yeah, I agree. One of the ways that we um, this summer have really helped our kids to get moving and appreciate the movement as as how it like improves their immune system is there have been a lot of virtual races um, just because everything's been canceled. And a lot of times they have like incentives for kids to do some sort of a race and post their time. And they get like, we just did a a half marathon challenge for the month of August through our, our town does this like marathon every single year. And so the kids signed up for the half marathon portion and they had 30 days to complete it. And obviously that got me moving too, um, because I had to be out there running with them. And it wasn't like we were just running, you know, like marathon runners do. We were walking and then we'd say, okay, we're going to run to this, this landmark and then we'll take a break. And uh, just to get them like thinking about, you know, how can we be moving intentionally and, you know, how that boosts their immune system. So my kids are a little bit older than yours. Um, they're, you know, nine and almost seven. So, you know, they were more into it than my three-year-old obviously was. So he slept in the stroller. But um, that's just one example. But really just getting them out and playing, like get them running in fields, get them at the park. You know, that kids know how to move. We just have to make it possible for them. 
Yeah, for them, it doesn't have to be exercise. It can be play. And how great would that be if we kept that spirit for ourselves? (laughs) Playing is movement. And I will add that the more we can take our shoes off and do this barefoot on natural surfaces, the more health benefits you'll get from it. When you're getting benefits from the vitamin D from the sun, which has been shown, which we'll discuss in our next topic on supplementation, but you can get it naturally. And then two, there is research coming out about connecting with the electrical uh, sorry, what's it called? The electrical force field. Yeah. <laughs> that. There are benefits to showing connecting with the energy of the earth is super beneficial for our cellular um, circuitry as well. And our cel- cellular electricity as well. Um, so being barefoot, it's a concept called grounding. And that's just involves getting your bare skin and your children's bare skin on a natural substance of the earth connecting with the negative electrons and absorbing them over time, over the course of the day, our cells create more positive electrons. So grounding yourself, just like you ground an electrical outlet, getting back in connection with the earth is shown additional health benefits. And listen, you can find fact checkers out there that will say there's not enough research to prove that. But what I say is like, test it on yourself. See how you feel after taking your shoes off and your socks off and walking around in grass and dirt or swimming in lakes and connecting back with the energy of the earth. Allowing our children to do this too, I believe is incredibly beneficial and an added bonus to this outside movement time as an immune boosting benefit through through this COVID season. We have so we have two more topics that we'd love to address on this COVID topic. And it's such a hot topic that we want to dedicate two episodes to it. So coming up on our next episode, we're going to be discussing specific supplementation for adults and kids when it comes to COVID, when it comes to boosting the immune system. And we even will on our next episode talk briefly about the concept of masks, our philosophy on it, our approach to it. Um, in many cases, you don't have a choice on it. So how to counteract the negative effects of the mask. And that will all be coming up on this two-part series to boosting the family's immune system in this COVID season. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Mom Talk podcast. If you enjoyed listening to the show, the greatest compliment you could give us is to share this with others and leave us a review on iTunes. By subscribing to our podcast, you will never miss an episode. We will see you next time.